Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 663. We've got a long-term friend of the show. She uh, has been on the panel show for the past few months, and she's bedded down really well. We thought it was time to have a deeper discussion with Heather, Heather Rance. And um, she is the unicorn whisperer. Uh, um, so what more can we say? So, Heather, would you like to in quickly... Give us like a 20-second intro about yourself. Yeah, so hi, I'm Heather Renzi. I am the uh, Unicorn Whisperer, which uh, was given to me as a moniker because uh, I help to uh, create unicorn growth companies and also uh, unicorn growth people. Um, I, uh, I've worked with uh, the... Uh, everyone from um, Evernote, which I was uh, part of as an early employee. Um, I was an early employee at Spirit Airlines. Um, I work with governments around the world. Uh, uh, currently, um, my big thing is I'm working with AFWorks, which is the um, innovation arm of the U.S. Air Force and Space Force. So uh, got a got a lot of stuff on my plate. Oh, great! And I got my co-host um, Stephen. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself, Stephen? Yeah, Stephen Satter from Zipfish.io. And um, I want, before we go into the main part of the show, we're going to be discussing with Heather um, the early days. Heather, no, she's got she's written a new book. I'm going to ask her what the book's about and why she wrote it. I'm going to be asking Heather um, her experience of being a minority in the tech industry, i.e. being a woman, uh, um, and a lot of other stuff. It should be a great discussion. But before we go into the main, main part of the show, I want to talk about our main sponsor, which is Kinsta Hosting. Now, folks, if you've got a WooCommerce site, you've got a learning management system, anything that needs performance, you need quality hosting. And that's what you get with Kinsta. They've been hosting the WP Tonic site for about three years. Um, it's a big website. I've been really happy with the performance in general. And they're just a great crew to work with. So if you're looking for a great and premier WordPress hosting company, you should go over to Kinsta. Have a look at their packages either for yourself or for a client. And I suggest that you should buy one of them. If you do do that, please do the show a favour and also Kinsta. Tell them that you heard about them um, on the WP Tonic show. It helps them and it also helps us. Your support is much appreciated. So, have a... So, like I say, you, you know, you were like one of the first um, employees ever, know, and you recently um, wrote a book, "The Birth of a Unicorn: Six Basic Steps to Success." I think that's the title. Um, oh, yeah, she's got a copy. If you're watching this, listeners and viewers, which you should. Uh, um, why did you decide to write the book, and what are the why? What's the basic message that you want to get across in the book? So. Um... A couple of years ago, after I left Evernote, um, I started working at a company called Rocketeer, um, which is uh, my consulting company uh, that was formed based on uh, a, a friend of mine, Tony Shea, who unfortunately just passed away recently. Uh, he wanted help with uh, help coaching his, and coaching and mentoring and advising his 
investment portfolio, especially in downtown Las Vegas. And um, he loved Evernote. He loved the things that we were doing there. And uh, he wanted people that had been in business uh, to, to really help these, these young seed stage entrepreneurs who were a lot of first-time entrepreneurs to, to get them on the right track. So um, he asked me and a couple of other uh, experienced uh, people that had done this before uh, successfully to come and, and form a company to help, help them do that. And as part of that, uh, like I started telling all of these stories that started to, I noticed I was telling the same ones over and over again, uh, because these entrepreneurs have the same problems. Like every one of them is running into this, the same, they're beating their head against the wall over and over again. And I, I, I saw people coming into these mentor sessions and having a book list. And these were all the same business books being read over and over again. And they were all basically uh, like, if you do this, then your business is going to be successful. And they were like, but I've done all this stuff. And, or it doesn't apply to me because I haven't got all this money. Or like, I just don't understand why it's not working. And, and so... Um, well, it's a crap idea, that's why. <laughs> well, partly. Um, I mean, a lot, of them, a lot of them are not the best ideas, right? Uh, I mean, if, if I have to see another uh, VIP nightclub app uh, cross my desk here in Las Vegas, I'll probably scream. I've just uh, got one, actually. I'm disappointed that you should know. I'm so sorry. I just, um, I just can't resist teasing her, but I don't know. Well, she, yeah, I mean... She I'm, brings the worst out of me. That's what, well, right, I mean, um, I, I'm also... Well, she, an she's investor. the only one that laughs at my jokes. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm an angel investor, and, and I work with VC funds, so I see a lot of pitches, and I, and I work with a lot of, of, of groups. And, 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 like, I mean, these teams see the same thing, so... I mean, basically the book came about because, I mean, there's no, there's no business book that actually shows people the, the struggle of what it is to be an entrepreneur, uh, from the, uh, from, from it being not an overnight success. Like, I mean, they, all they, they see of the story is like, uh, oh, Airbnb, uh, comes onto the scene after it's already successful. And, and they're like, oh, I'm going to be the next Airbnb. I'm going to be the next Uber. They don't know about the <coughs> fact that the Uber guys uh, took multiple business failures before they figured out how Uber got there. So I wrote a book about the m multiple businesses it took us before we got Evernote and all the emotional roller coaster it took to build that and, and the family life that it screwed up on the way there. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, um, Stephen, over to you. I think one of the like big questions I have about when you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking about building a business, um, do you have to say, like, I'm going to build a unicorn and then go for that? Like, like does, does that have to be, like, a conceptual, like, ground, um, like, grounding point of the business? Like, this is the goal, so this is what we are going to do? Or is it something that kind of just happens? Like, all of a sudden one thing happens and the next thing happens and then all of a sudden you start getting revenue and then you realize like, wait, we, we can build this into a unicorn company or we can build this into something huge. So uh, one of the things that I, I teach in, 
I mean, that's not necessarily in in the book itself. Uh, I mean, like as a as a concept, um, is that I mean it, you understand it as a subtext, but like uh, is that a unicorn idea uh, for a business is very simple. So, for example, like if you if you 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 have to be able to understand something in like instinctually for it to be a unicorn business uh, because it like for, for you to be something that's worth billions of dollars uh, and more, and then for it to be a publicly traded company that's used around the world, this has to be something that like multiple, multiple people's people are going to use around the world for years to come. And and just understand the first time they see it. And then it becomes a daily use thing for them. Like we're talking about a car or, um, or peanut butter or something like that. This is not a nightclub app. So, so for something like Evernote, like you knew, we knew it was a unicorn idea when the, because it was something that people were going to need to use not just every day to take notes, but for the rest of their lives, like somebody would start a, start using this when their baby was born to capture memories from it. And that, that baby whose account was started the day they were born would still be using this when they're a hundred years old to, to see the, the pictures, the notes, the, yeah. the heartbeat uh, from their first sonogram when they have Alzheimer's someday they'll be able to look back to their entire life. This is a life capture application. That is a unicorn idea. So if you're not creating something like that, you do not have a billion dollar business. You do not have a unicorn. That's that's a really good thought. Because like everybody, um, when they're trying to describe their business, like oftentimes like we are the X of this, right? Like we are the Uber of this. We are the Airbnb of this. We are the Evernote of that. And like, you use that because like those businesses are super simple. You understand the concept and therefore like it's, it's a very relatable sort of analogy. Right. Um, and Evernote, like Evernote was remember everything. Yeah. And that's really it. Like it comes down to remember everything for your life, for like whatever you need to capture, it's there. Do you think that um, services businesses can like rocket as fast as product businesses do? Or like, can can you build a unicorn service business? Or if somebody comes to you with a service business and say like, hey, I want to build this into something huge. It's like, well, that's going to take forever. Like, that's probably not your best idea. Like, look for the product. So something like an Ogilvy can be a services business that can be publicly traded and is obviously worth multi-billions. But... I mean, that's built on the Ogilvy brand that sells services. And and that's because they have a multi-billion dollar book of business that they're selling services to year after year. Um, And they've built that brand name for almost 100 years now. So like, yes, you can build a billion dollar services, I mean, a multi-billion dollar services business, but you better have the client book that you can resell year after year. I mean, just watch yeah. Mad Men to understand yeah. what that takes. Yeah. What are, um, like getting back to your book, like, like what are the, some of those um, stories that are in the book that you've, like 
had to retell over and over. They decided like, hey, let's distill these down into this book format. Um, like what, what are some of those like high points for some of those um, nuances in there? So, uh, I mean, there's, there's so many, like, I mean, every single book, I mean, every single story in the book I've compressed or condensed in some way to, uh, make a point. Like the whole book is structured around, uh, the Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. And I've, I've basically picked stories that help you understand where you are among that point, And then also tried to tell it chronologically uh, to be the story of Evernote. So uh, one that is in particular that I've told a lot to people that's really resonated is uh, about company culture and, and how um, there, was, there was one time after the Evernote security breach uh, where everybody's mood was down. I mean, obviously, because our our company values, our core values of the, the whole company were your data is private, your data is portable, and your data is protected. Those were the three core values of the company. And when you have a security breach, we violated two of those core values. And if you've got 450 employees around the world that live and breathe those values every day, that is like a dagger to the heart. So... Uh, the first thing that I did, because it was my job to um, be the morale for the whole company, to get everybody back on track, to answer the service, um, and to to make sure that the communication going out uh, for, with our legal department was was correct in all of the languages, in all of the countries that we were serving, um, I turned uh, about 90% of the employees of the company into customer service people overnight so that we could answer the uh, 80% plus, well, actually like 800% more influx because we were at like 2,000 customer service requests a day to 200, um, sorry, to 20,000 customer service requests a day. Um, So we needed help quickly. Uh, So now everybody, we had to train up overnight to be able to do that. Um, And I had to do daily all hands with everyone at least twice a day um, around the world, multiple time zones, as well as I set up a, uh, I don't know if you remember something called Turntable FM. Um, this was kind of yeah. like an early Spotify, but people could jump in and uh, set like four people at a time could like set the jukebox of to what it was. So I, I set it, I've preloaded it with um, some, with a, a playlist. And then I let the entire company go in and add to the music. And for the first couple of days, it was really like kind of somber, sad music. And then by the end of the week, like happier music started to come in. And then after two weeks, it was all happier music. Mm-hmm. And, and then by the end of the month, all of the sad music was gone. And it was really funny because we'd have like Weird Al Yankovic songs followed by Guar followed by K-pop, followed by Garth Brooks. And like, <laughs> you got to listen to like the entire company around the world. Um, and, and like everybody was just happy and laughing and asking each other about this music. And it just brought up the collective mood. So, so yeah, I, I tell that story in a much more literate, succinct way uh, in, in the book. That's cool. That's a pretty amazing pivot to take like that large of an organization to 
get all those people to do customer service stuff to like kind of help bail out the water or whatever, get right the ship to keep things moving forward. And I'm sure like even in doing that, like it brings the whole company together because now you're all in it together. You're not like as isolated in your, in your own little buckets. That's really cool. What, um, I think no. we need to we need to go for a break okay. actually, Stephen. And he might let me ask a question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> there we go. Um, we're gonna have our break. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Launch Flows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try Launch Flows today. We're coming back. I think we've had already, the time flies, doesn't it, when you're having a good discussion, a good chat, as I say. So we've been having a really good chat with Heather Rance, um, the unicorn whisperer. Uh, um, so, Heather, um, you're not directly in the WordPress world, but you've been you kind of hover around the edges, don't you? Because um, I've met you a couple of times at some word camps and you joined our panel and you put up with my madness. So, but you're used to that. Uh, um, so where where do you see WordPress as a slightly outsider? What do you think where it's going and what 2021 is going to be like for WordPress? What do you think? Only slight questions, aren't they ever? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that WordPress is going to continue to dominate in the the small business uh, arena for uh, creating uh, websites and powering websites, if not even become more, uh, like gain more market share than it has. Uh, the improvements that it it has every year, the platform that for plugins and development uh, for that it just keeps getting better and easier to use. And um, especially since there's uh, there's more competition with, with Squarespace and Wix, uh, a lot of people uh, that wouldn't be creating work, uh, websites on their own, uh, they, they get in the door with a Wix website or a, a Squarespace website. And then 
they see that there's so much more that they could be doing. Um, and then they, they'll convert over to, to WordPress and then they'll be like, oh, this, this is so much here. Let me just uh, find, now that I've got my, my website up, now let me create more of it. And, and uh, these are people that wouldn't have had a website to begin with. Uh, but because Squarespace and Wix exist now, uh, they're feeding into WordPress in ways that uh, wouldn't have happened before. Even just having Facebook pages now is allowing more people to create WordPress sites. So the, the, the barrier to entry is much lower now, and it's, it's uh, all the better for WordPress. Just an anecdotal um, sub-question before I throw it over to Stephen. Um, I find th I'm finding the decision, well, obviously I don't have all the facts in front of me, but I'm finding increasingly I'm a bit frustrated. I'm very, a bit puzzled by the decision-making of, of the, of the um, blessed leader of WordPress. Uh, um, um, so like you say, I was, you're quite upbeat and part of me is upbeat with you because, but I'm finding just the PR, just the way things are, are handled in the WordPress community to be quite corrosive and unnecessary in some ways. Um, you got any insights what might be the, I think what I'm saying, there seems to be a mismatch between a lot of people that are well known in the WordPress community and the the kind of public face, you know, Matt, you know, there there doesn't seem to be a lot of um I'm struggling now to find the right word, but I think you've got the drift, haven't you? So wanna comment on that, Eva? So a lot of times um companies will put out uh PR uh or only release information that they're allowed to. Uh, the marketing people uh, have a very thankless job because the, uh, the, the community, especially an active one like WordPress, they want things now. Uh, they want things fixed. Uh, they, at Evernote, we had a, a bug list that was years long and everyone, and the feature list was even longer. And everyone wanted their feature fixed immediately. Um, and it was our marketing department's job to try and explain uh, just what was coming up in our own roadmap. And then I remember when we released the Evernote market and we were releasing socks and things, people were like, why on earth are you doing socks when you can't even fix like the, the note syncing? Well, I mean, because that's what we happen to be focusing on this quarter. Um, but it's not just this quarter. I mean, it took us two years to, to work on this particular project and we're only just releasing it now, but we're still working on the bugs. We're still working on those things. And you only release information about it when there's something to release. So, I mean, just, just because they're not releasing something doesn't mean they're not working on it. I see where you come from, but I, I think there's a slightly bigger problem, but, you know, we can talk about that in the bonus content. Over to you, Stephen. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like uh, it's it's really interesting dealing with and customers and like their wants and needs and trying to balance that with like your in, internal organization's wants and needs and where that's going and it can become a complex thing, especially when people don't understand that the guy that's fixing the bug probably 
hasn't been reallocated to shipping socks. Like those are two different people that <laughs> they're still happening at the same time. Like it's going to be okay. Um, in looking into the WordPress space, um, to me, it feels very different than uh, like the huge VC. Um, I'm trying to build a unicorn, large startup kind of thing. And I think that's because in the WordPress space, there's a lot more open source stuff. It's starting to like that, that, that area of business seems like it's starting to come into the WordPress area. But somebody who's been like involved in Evernote, right, who's built like their own product, it's not on top of WordPress at all or anything like that. So like in the WordPress area, you have a lot more small companies that are trying to go bigger or do like try to try to build in a product. Like and they started with WordPress because it's like a very approachable area to start. They can like build the first proof of concept. How do you know when it's time to maybe move from WordPress to something else? Or can you stay in the WordPress space, do you feel, and like keep building the business as big as you can? Like, how do you make those sort of decisions that can kind of alter the whole trajectory of a business? Well, as, as somebody that uh, builds on WordPress, you know that you're beholden to their APIs and their products and their developments. So you can certainly make a career on it. Um, Lord knows you've seen how much money that the, some of the larger developments, like, I mean, just, just look at uh, Tribal and how much money they just made. Uh like there's a lot of money to be made, uh, especially if you've got good marketing or you 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 hit upon the unicorn idea for the <laughs> WordPress people. But um, the the problem is whenever you're building on someone else's product, you have to deal with what they build, and they can mm. always break you. So uh, it, it's always okay to be a follow on. Um, but if you feel you're ready to use that as passive income and move on to something else uh, and you have an idea for that and you have the, the marketing uh, newsletter from all the people that have subscribed to your product and you think you can go out on your own, then, then go for it. Just know that, that, that like, for example, with peanut butter, I mean, you got to compete for shelf space. And if you're trying to go out on your own with a brand new peanut butter, uh, you got to contact all of those supermarkets and try to get any of them to carry you. And then you got to pay for that shelf space all on mm -hmm. your own. And, and like, just, just getting the first one is hard and expensive. And, and then to get any other ones to carry you, you've got to do it all over again. So, I mean, with WordPress, you've got a built-in audience and it, for a lot of people, it's just easier to do that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what are some other things that you talk about in your book? Like just maybe some teasers so people get a little bit more context. Uh, well, if you like cats, there are a lot of cats in this book. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it, it, what's different about this book uh, is, again, um, as I touched on this before, that uh, it doesn't just capture the business advice. Cause that's actually like, I kind of did like a hide the kale kind of thing. Like the, the business advice is woven into the stories and um, it, it follows me. Um, it's, it's written in like a, a narrative sort of way. Like a lot of people have told me um, that I wrote it as if it was, as if it was fiction, like it, as, mm. if, as if it was like a fun kind of thriller book. Like they felt like they were um, reading a Clive Cussler novel 
Um, so, like, and I mean, if you like, and that's great because Clive Kessler novels were always my favorite. I, I love Dirk Pitt. Dirk Pitt, it was, those books were, I loved them. Um, and yeah, Raise the Titanic was one of my favorite books growing up. So if, if, if this, if, if this lives up to Raise the Titanic kind of level thriller fun, then yay. Um, but that, that's the point. Like you, I want you to feel like Dirk Pitt is going on an adventure and that you're right there with him in this book. And so, so that's one of the little spoilers about this, that like, it's, it's not like you're reading dry business tips at a lecture. You mm. are on an adventure because entrepreneurship is an adventure. Yeah. And, and for some people, like I've actually gotten letters from people that, that told me they were angry for me because of how I was treated. Mm. Uh, and, and that they, they wished like some, some parts had happened sooner, uh, but they were relieved at the end of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, this sounds great. Gonna have, everyone's going to end up going buying a copy to hear yeah. this arc. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, other people have told me like, again, about the cats, like one of my favorite things that somebody told me was they said that they were, they were in it. Like they, they, they were convinced that I was the best person, like the kindest, nicest, sweetest person, because uh, even though uh, I, I, it was painful for me to be separated from my husband for uh, a few months I stayed with my cat instead of rehoming him. <laughs> Cats can get you through anything. <laughs> That's the lesson you got to learn. You got to stay with your cat. So what happens? Right there we go. Well, we got we're getting close to the end of the podcast part of the show. Um, Heather's going to stay on for the bonus content, which you'll be able to watch the bonus content and the whole interview on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Um, there's loads of stuff on the channel. Um, go and subscribe and hit the bell. That really helps the show. So, Heather, what's the... Uh, now, obviously, I will have links um, to Amazon where you can buy your book. That will, That's obviously I will do that for you. But um, what are some of the other best ways that people can find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, you can reach me everywhere on the internet at Heatheriel. So H E A T H R I E L. And um, yeah, Heatheriel.com, Heatheriel on all the, the socials. Right. And Stephen, um, Stephen's helped the WP Tonic website become more of a speed machine. Um, if you're really looking for help um, when it comes to optimizing your website, um, Stephen and his crew are the people to approach. So, Stephen, uh, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, head over to zipfish.io. You can run a free speed test. You can see how much faster we can make your website. That's great. And like I say, um, if you want to see the bonus content and the whole show, go like I say, go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Also, you can join us on Fridays at 8.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and Heather joins us regularly on that show as well, where we have a weekly discussion about WordPress and the latest tech stories of the week. And I really enjoyed the show. It's a bit of a 
It's a bit of a blast. Um, we'll see you soon next week, folks, with another great guest. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 